The Lord be with you. Today, we're beginning a new series together, and it's a series I'm really excited about. It's a series through the Psalms. This series, though, is going to be different from other series. The purpose of this series isn't going to be to dissect the Psalms and try to understand them better. We're not going to dive into their literary forms and context to try to find their meaning. The purpose of this series is to offer you these psalms as tools for prayer. The psalms are our great masters of prayer. They're gifts given to us by God to form us and teach us to pray in ways that are both comprehensive and honest. As we apprentice ourselves to the Psalms and pray these words, we learn to answer God openly, honestly, unafraid. We learn how to carry our whole lives into God's presence in prayer. And we become, through the act of praying the Psalms together, the people of God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great 20th century German theologian, pastor, and martyr, said this about the Psalms. The only way to understand the Psalms is on your knees. The whole congregation praying the words of the Psalms with all its strength. And so, we offer you these Psalms as tools. Tools I hope you use Tools not for getting what you want out of God, but tools that will shape and form you, that will till the soil of your heart. Our first psalm this week is Psalm 23. But before we hear those familiar words, I want to invite you to pray with me. Jesus, it's in your light that we see light. It's in your truth that we find freedom and in your way that we find peace. So shine on us that in these psalms that you have given to us, we may learn to find you in every corner of our lives. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Do whatever you need to do to listen well to these words from the book that we love. The Lord is my shepherd. I will lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the Lord's house forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There are probably no more famous words in the whole Bible than those. But familiarity has its drawbacks. If you get to know something too well, it can no longer surprise you. And so it is with this psalm. It's become so common, so popular, so well known that it's found a comfortable place on our shelves. We know to take it down if we need a good Sunday school lesson. We know to take it down if we need to find some comfort in the sadness after losing a loved one. But otherwise, it sits in its place. It's so familiar to us that we don't even see it anymore. We see its caricature instead. We see the picture of a cute, fuzzy little lamb in the arms of a gentle shepherd And we find a little comfort in the midst of pain. Now that image is there, so don't let me ruin the psalm for you. But there's so much more. As I thought about that psalm this week, as I prayed through this psalm this week, as I wondered how to bring it before you today in order to open up room for you to enter in and pray as well, I came back again and again to the metaphors. I think it's the metaphors in this psalm that make it so special. If David had sung, the Lord is my provider and protector, we would have said, okay, yeah, sure. Given him a gold star for his theology and then forgotten the song forever. But like with so many of the psalms, it's the vivid metaphor that makes it so powerful and special. Metaphors say more than they say. They mean more than they mean. They open up meaning instead of nailing it down. And so in the Psalms, it's the metaphors that often open up space for us to enter in and then walk around. Where did the door open for you in the Psalms? The most basic and primary metaphor in the psalm is, of course, the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. An image that couldn't be more foreign to us and more common to Israel. Shepherds were providers and protectors. It was the shepherd's role to lead the flock through the countryside to find good pasture Without the shepherd, the sheep would eat the grass down until it was gone and then starve to death. The shepherd knew when to move them along and how to follow the contours of the countryside to find the next patch of good grass and of quiet, still water. But the shepherd was also a protector. There were predators everywhere looking to eat sheep as an easy meal. And then there were the dangers of the countryside, Cliffs and uneven, rocky surfaces where sheep could easily get lost or stuck or fall. And sheep are dumb. They're prone to wander, as the old hymn said of us. They wander off into danger. They wander off and get lost. They wander off and get separated from the flock. Sheep need a good shepherd. And yet all this happens 
within a landscape that's a desert in Israel. That's where this psalm is based. That's the context in which this psalmist sings, the Lord is my shepherd. It's not a lush and idyllic plain as we would know here in the United States, but a dry and weary land where there is little water and grass. That's where the flock is when the psalmist sings, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When the psalmist sings that the shepherd restores their soul, their whole life, by making them lie down in fat pastures, as the Hebrew literally means, still, calm waters. See, God doesn't just bring us to anything in the desert, but to good pasture and still water, not the raging rivers after the rainy season in a desert that would carry a sheep away, but calm and still, quiet water. And like any good shepherd, this shepherd is also a protector. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, the psalmist sings, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Predators, of course, hide in the darkness. They use it to their advantage. An unsuspecting sheep wanders into some dark crag. Who knows what lies in wait? But before its eyes can adjust, it is too late. There were real dangers in the countryside, and sheep were an easy meal. In 1 Samuel 17, when David volunteers to fight Goliath, he comes to King Saul and tells him, Often, as I kept my father's flocks, Predators would come, lions and bears would come and try to eat the sheep, and I had to fight them off and often kill them to save my sheep. The dangers were real, and some shepherds might be tempted to weigh their own safety against that of one lonely sheep that wandered off into a valley and was eating now unknowingly outside of a lion's den. Not our shepherd, though, because our shepherd is with us in the valley with rod and staff ready to beat off any predators that come and a shepherd's crook to pull us back from danger. We will have no fear even in the darkest valley. And note, too, that the psalmist doesn't say there will never be any danger, that because the shepherd is with me, There will be nothing to fear. Life will be a breeze. That's never the promise given to God's faithful ones. Danger is real. There will be crises. These are not mushy words of comfort. They're hard words of confession and trust. Because suffering and danger and crisis are real. And what is so clear in this psalm is that this psalmist, the one who wrote and crafted these words, was well acquainted with that danger. And yet still, it's these beautiful words of trust that spill out of the context of that crisis. 
It may have been in the past. It may be in the present. It may be in the future. But this is a prayer of one who knows the desert landscape. Who knows the dry and weary land. Who knows the raging floodwaters. Who knows the dark valley of temptation and threat. And yet still chooses to sing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. After the darkest valley, the metaphors begin to shift. Now we see not just a shepherd, but a shepherd host. And did you notice that the the language changed too? The first half of the psalm is all speaking about God. But once the psalmist enters that dark valley, once God comes, God becomes a person. God becomes a you, and for the rest of the psalm, the psalmist sings directly to God. You prepare a table before me. You lay out a rich feast in your shepherd's tent out there in the wilderness. You welcome in this weary traveler, hungry, tired, and worn out from the journey. You seat me at your table You seat me in your own place of honor. You anoint my head with oil, the customary greeting of the special guest at the meal. You make sure my cup is never dry. And so the psalmist ends, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the Lord's house forever. But here, too, there's a metaphor hiding. Because the psalmist doesn't just say, surely goodness and mercy will be there throughout my life. Not just that mercy and goodness will tag along behind, but in the Hebrew, chooses the word pursue. That God's tov and hesed, God's goodness And steadfast, loving kindness, faithfulness, mercy, God's tov and hesed will pursue me all my days, will hunt me down, will seek me out. That goodness and mercy are like God's sheepdogs pursuing us when we go astray, corralling us in, pushing us on in God's ways. See, grace doesn't just tag along behind. Grace hunts us down with the determination of a bloodhound in order to drag us back into God's temple to again worship. So again, where are you in that psalm? Where is the door that opens for you to enter in and begin to pray these words for yourself? Are you dry and weary? Are you stretched too thin by all this social distancing? By the anxiety that accompanies a pandemic? You know, in the beginning, the adrenaline of of it all was what kept me moving through crisis. But now, I find it hard often to sit still and to be. 
And I've spoken to more and more people who've told me that they're wearing too thin as this stretches on. Do you yearn to lie down in good green pasture? Are you in danger of being swept away in the tumultuous waters? Is there too much? Too much to do, too much to manage, too many hats to wear at home, too much emptiness and silence and loneliness, too much worry that threatens to overwhelm and drown you. Do you need still waters? Are you in the dark valley? Are the shadows creeping in? Shadows of coronavirus. Shadows of depression. Shadows of grief or loss. Shadows of abuse. Shadows of economic uncertainty. Is the darkness creeping into your valley? Are you lonely? Are you tired and weary from this journey through the desert, longing for someone to join you at your table? Better yet, someone to welcome you around theirs and shower you with honor and blessing and love. Do you need goodness and mercy to hunt you down? Do you need grace to herd you back in, reconciliation to find you in your family, in your marriage, in your friendship? Where do you find yourself in these words such that you can enter in and pray them as your own? so that you can join in this confession of trust and commitment to the Lord who is our shepherd and who supplies all our needs. Because the Lord is, and the Lord has. Because in the fullness of time, God came and put on flesh and pitched his tent among us. It's Jesus who says in John 10, I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for my sheep. It's Jesus who says, I am the way, the right path to the Father. It's Jesus who goes down into the darkest valley alongside us as he's lifted up on the cross who surrenders himself to all of the evil, to all of the violence, all of the injustice and sorrow and despair of the world, and dies. It's Jesus who prepares the table before us, even though we are God's enemies, and then offers himself to us as true goodness and mercy that will never let you go. If this Lord is our shepherd, what more could we want? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.